0: morning again. Good to be with you here this morning with the opportunity to uh, bring you God's Word. I pray and hope that you were able to have a good holiday season celebrating Christ's birth with your family. I hope you're able to eat a lot of good food and have some good rest and uh, enjoy your Christmas season. And now as we celebrate the new year, I uh, hope that you've had the opportunity to look back on what the Lord's done in your life in this past year in 2022 and look forward to how the Lord's going to work in your life here in 2023 i just wanted to share that um we put in the bulletin but i am just i'm so thankful for the generosity from this church and just want to say thank you to each and every one of you with your uh the offering that you provided for the pastors for pastor aaron and i i just want to thank you for that thank you for providing that for us it's a, a great blessing to be a part of a church that is just so generous to your pastors and we're very blessed to be a part of this church so thank you for that I wanted to start this morning by reminding us of what often happens right before the New Year or right on the New Year, which is the idea of, of making resolutions, right? That's a major thing that we do on New Year's. We, we make resolutions. Some of us might uh, need to make resolutions like getting, doing a little more exercise and eating a little less. Uh, maybe some of us need to uh, save some more money for certain things that you want to buy or things that are coming up in your life. Uh, Maybe some of you want to change attitudes. Some of you want to do more reading, maybe from the Bible or from books. There's all kinds of different resolutions that people make during New Year's, during this time. And many times, these things are good. They're healthy, right? We want to, to make resolutions to change and do things better and in a different way. We want to work harder at it and make changes. But what often happens when we make those resolutions? It doesn't take long before we fail at it and we give up on it, and not long after the new year, we've pretty much just totally obliterated all the resolutions that we've made. And I'm not saying making resolutions is a bad thing. Sometimes it is a good thing. We need to do that. We need that for our life. But I wanna, what I want to say this morning is, I want to I propose to you this morning that we choose 2023 to be the year where we make the Lord this first identity of our lives where we set aside the things in our lives that cause us to be distracted and, and put us away from the Lord and, and, and help us to be distracted and taken away from the things that the Lord wants us to do according to his word. I want us to rest today in the, putting our identity in Jesus Christ, making him first priority in all the things we do in this coming year. Now again, this is another resolution where we we're, we're going to fail but we can rest in the Lord and his grace to help us to get through that and make it something that is an identity for us in this coming year. So we just came off. I, I hope that you enjoyed. I, I really enjoyed last Sunday. Did you enjoy last Sunday with that Christmas service? Very interesting and, and very inviting way to, to celebrate the birth of Christ. I really enjoyed that. And so we, we came off that last week. And, and I want us to take us to. A new beginning for Jesus. Now, We, we talked about his birth last week, but I want to talk about the beginning of his ministry, the, the start of his earthly ministry uh, three years before he would go to the cross. And so if you would have your Bibles open to the gospel of John, we're going to start right after where I finished reading earlier from John chapter 1, and we're going to be starting in verse 19. So to help you uh, understand where we're going here, that's why I read that first eight, those first 18 verses. And so the Gospel of John starts in a very unique way. And there's a reason why often when we tell people to start where they're new believers or they're looking to understand Christianity, where we, we call them to go is to read the Gospel of John because it's very unique and provides some really good starting points and beginnings uh, for somebody that is, that is seeking out to understand about Jesus. And so the Gospel of John begins in verse 1 and saying, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. And so we see this uh, connection to the beginning of the Old Testament in Genesis chapter 1 in talking about creation and beginnings. And the word that he's referring to is the Messiah that the Israelites are waiting for, that they've been been reading about and there's been prophecies made about the word is the Messiah that's come because it says in the beginning was the word, he was from the beginning, the word was with God and the word was God and the idea of the Trinity that Jesus the Messiah is God. And so you get this full picture here in this beginning part of this passage about who Jesus is. John lays it out very clearly to us in those first five verses. It talks to him about him being the word, about him being God, how all things were made with him and through him, and not, nothing was made without him. It talks about him being the light. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And then in verse 6 enters John. John, We refer to him as John the Baptist, And it says here that he came to bear witness about the light. And in verse 9, it goes back to talking about who this light is, the true light which gives light to everyone who's coming into the world. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him, speaking to how people would reject Jesus as Messiah. And then in verse 14, it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we've seen his glory. The, The power of what we celebrate on the Christmas season, that Christ came to dwell with us. So you see here that he's speaking of who Jesus is. He's preparing us to understand who the Messiah is. But there's a lot of people that are confused on who John is and who is this Messiah that's coming, and that's what we get in today's passage. Uh, so would you follow along with me? We're just going to read the first uh, bit of this passage, which is verses 19 through 23. Follow along in John chapter 1, verses 19 through 23. And this is the testimony of John, speaking of John the Baptist. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. So they said to him, Who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness make straight the way of the lord as the prophet isaiah said there's a great movie that we showed to our student ministry about maybe about a year and a half or two years ago it's called overcomer and it's a story of a young lady and um, who a teenage young girl that has grown up in a really rough home and has struggled and didn't even know her, her dad was and just went through a lot of tough things she she struggled with who what her identity was and who she was and so the, the coach of her, because she is a cross-country runner, and her coach had asked her earlier on, who are you? And she really couldn't answer the question. But as people talked to her about Jesus, and she learned about who Jesus was and how Jesus could change her life, she recognized what her identity was. And he asked the question again, and I want you to watch this clip. Jake, go ahead. Hannah, and... are you Okay.
1: Ask me who I am. Ask me who I am.
0: Who is Hannah Scott?
1: I am created by God. He designed me. So I'm not a mistake. His son died for me. Just so I could be forgiven. picked me to be his own, so I'm chosen. He redeemed me, so I am wanted. He showed me grace just so I could be saved. He has a future for me because he loves me. So I don't wonder anymore, Coach Harrison. I am a child of God. I just wanted you to know.
0: a powerful statement of answering the question, who am I? And that is the question that the priests and the Levites that have been sent by the religious leaders ask John the Baptist. You have to wonder maybe why they are asking this question to John the Baptist. I mean, John the Baptist was a very interesting guy. He was eating locusts and honey and dressing differently and acting a different way, but I think they have a different reason for why they're asking that question, and we'll get to that in a moment. But they do ask him the question. They come to him and ask him, who are you? And I want to ask you this morning, as we enter 2023, if somebody were to ask you that question, how would you answer them? Who are you? And again, they may not ask it that directly. They may ask you, like, why are you acting that way? Why are you different? Why are these things happening in your life? But the question is, the real deep question is, who am I? That's, that's the identity question. And we live in a world today where there's major identity crises going on in many people's lives. They're trying to be something they're not. We're attempting to make this image of ourselves. We don't really even know who we are. But I want us to be excited as followers of Christ when somebody would ask us that question. I want us to be able to say with clarity, who am I? And answer that question like she did in front of all of her friends and her teachers. She answered that question so very clearly. That's the type of way. We should be so excited when somebody asks us, who are we? How does John the Baptist respond? He said, they say, who are you? At the end of verse 19, he says, he, it says in the scriptures, he confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. Again, there it is. He's not pretending to be something that he's not. He's saying, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then are you? They thought, well, maybe, maybe he's Elijah. Maybe he's the second coming of Elijah because he's doing some of those things like maybe like a prophet. Here he said, I am not that. And they said, "Are you then are you just some prophet that's come again? And he's answered no. And he could, they could have just left it at that. But no, they, they are saying, we need an answer. We have to go back to the religious leaders and tell them, who are you? We need to know this. And he gives them the answer by quoting Isaiah chapter 40, I am the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. What we see here from John is that he is answering that question in the way that we should answer it. He's not putting the onus on himself. He's not trying to make himself look good. He's not making it all about him. He's pointing to the one that is to come, that is there, that is ready to enter the scene and and begin his ministry. That should be the way that we answer the question as well. If people ask who are you, your identity is not in yourself. As a brother and sister in Christ, if you are a follower of him, your identity is in Jesus. So I want to start this morning by saying, if you're here and this is a new year and you have never heard this message before or you have never received Jesus as Lord and Savior, that's where it begins. If you want to have that identity that is eternal and lasting and will bring you forever to peace, you need a relationship with Jesus. You are a sinner in need of a savior and Jesus is the only one that can offer you that. So if you're here this morning, beginning a relationship with Jesus is how this identity can come. If you are here this morning and you have a relationship with Jesus, let us make 2023 a year where we can actually clearly answer the question, who am I? The identity isn't about puffing ourselves up. It's not about Giving, putting an image on social media that just looks good for everybody to see. It's understanding that we're fallen, we're sinners, we're going to mess up. We we need God's grace and we need Jesus to be our identity because we can't do anything without it. I'm just so I've always just been so floored at John's humility here, and they they ask him these questions and he keeps pointing it back to I am not this. Jesus is here. He's coming, wait and see. And he clearly uses Isaiah 40 to, to show, I am just here to, create, to make the pathway straight for the Lord. Now, we don't have necessarily the, the path that John the Baptist would have, but we have the opportunity to make Jesus known to the people around you. So who is it that's in your life today that needs to know about Jesus through your life, through your words, through your choices, through your actions. Because it's all about putting our, our identity in Christ so that people can see Christ through us. I think of one of my favorite fiction stories of all time, which is C.S. Lewis's The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, one of my favorite all-time stories. You think of the arrival of the four Pennsylvania pen- pen- children to the land of Narnia and how much hope that brought. There was so much cold, and darkness and struggle going on in the land of Narnia. But when those four showed up, they knew, right? Because the prophecy had said that when those four children came, hope would come. But was there hope in those four children? No. Here's what it says in the book. Wrong will be made right when Aslan comes in sight. At the sound of his roar, sorrows will be no more. When he bears his teeth, winter meets its death. And when he shakes his mane, we shall have spring again. The hope was not in those four children. The hope's not in us. The hope is in Jesus. And so in this new year in 2023, let us strive to make Jesus our identity to the point where people, when they ask us, what is different about you? Who are you? What is this about? That you can with clarity speak of who Jesus is and what he has done and what he came to do and what he can do for you. That's what we need to do. So we're all gonna struggle in this world. It's easy for us to get distracted, to try to puff ourselves up, to have that pride and that control we want to, but let us not fall into that trap this year. Let's make this year about making Jesus our first priority and making him our identity and allowing people to know about Jesus because of us. Let's let's live with confidence in knowing that Jesus came 2000 years ago to bring peace, to bring grace, and to bring change. Follow along with me, uh, starting in verse 24. We're going to talk a little bit about what is our purpose as we put our identity in Christ. Verse 24, Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Then why are you baptizing? If you are neither the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet, John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know. Even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not, uh, not worthy to untie. These things took place in, the Beth- in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. So again, I mentioned that what, what was the reason why they were asking John the Baptist these questions. And I think that we have our answer here. Again, we know that he he was a little different in the way he dressed and ate and those type of things, but it was about the baptism. Why was John the Baptist baptizing these people if you're not the Messiah, if you're not Elijah, not the prophet? How does he answer them? I'm just baptizing with water, but the one who's coming is going to, the one that I'm, that's coming is going to do way more and better things than I could ever do. He says there, But one among you stands, one you do not know. Even who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I'm not unworthy to tie. So he's just saying, I'm just doing this to prepare the way. I'm showing the idea of confession and repentance to prepare the way for the one who's going to bring the greatest confession and repentance through his death on the cross and his resurrection through Jesus. And again, you see the humility of John here, that he says, that I'm not even worthy to untie the sandal of the one who is going to come. Why is he saying that? Because the one that's coming is the Messiah they've been awaiting. He is greater than all things and all people from all time. That's the type of humility that we need to have as well as we think and talk about Jesus. That he is greater and better than anybody that's ever walked this earth. He is greater. He's the great God that we serve, and we, we need to... Tell tell people about that in that way. How great Jesus is. So John is answering these questions. These they're they're challenging him. You know how the religious leaders were all through the New Testament. They're always questioning and looking to get under the skin of the people they're talking and trying to try to take down their arguments. But John the Baptist's humility shows that his identity is where it needs to be. It's placed in the right place, with the Messiah that was his own cousin. This God-man that he's speaking of, the Messiah, has come, and he is preparing the way through his water baptism, through his words, through his answering of these questions. He is doing what Isaiah 40 said he would do, make straight the way of the Lord. He's the one, the voice crying out in the wilderness. It says there in verse 28 that these things took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. So this is happening right next door, right across the river there from where this was taking place where he was talking to them. So I want you to see here that there is a good chance that your purpose as a follower of Christ is going to be distracted this coming year. There's also a good chance that you will lose steam and you're pushing for christ to be your first priority in this coming year you're going to struggle it's going to be hard there's going to be days of things that happen there's going to be uh suffering and pain and hardship that are going to happen in 2023 i can promise you that so the question is is how can we give our purpose to making jesus our first pri- priority and our identity in our lives when those hard times come it's not about trying to find the most comfort and safety. It's not by trying to find our purpose and sinful things that become idols to us. None of those things are going to be anything but temporary helps. So how can we with confidence stand for the, putting our, our first priority and our identity in Christ when the hard times come? It's what we're doing when they're not, when, before those things happen. It's studying God's word regularly. It's being in church with other believers regularly and building those fellowship, that fellowship and relationships with one another. And it's understanding that the word of God and the things that we've dealt with in our life are great examples of knowing that even in our darkest moments of our life, when the worst things come, Jesus is still there. He hasn't walked away from us. He hasn't left us. He's there. So we can stand on him as our top priority and we can stand on him as our identity. And I think that the humility that John the Baptist shows here in his answers remind us of how great Jesus is and how much we can trust in him and believe in him even when the hard times come. If you would go ahead and put that quote up there, Jake. I, I think of this quote um, often lately as I think about dealing with hard times uh, with, our, with our faith in Jesus. This is a quote from John Bunyan. Um, John Bunyan was famous for writing writing Pilgrim's Progress, but this comes from a different work of his. It says, Faith will suck the sweetness out of God's rod, but unbelief can find no comfort in his greatest mercies. Understand what he's saying there, is that even when our hard times come, if we have faith and put our identity in Christ, even the worst moments, darkest moments in our life, we can still see the sweetness of God. But if we, if we lack faith and trust, if we don't have him as our identity, even when he gives us his greatest mercies and his best things for us in our life, we can't find comfort in it. And so I want us to be encouraged this morning to be reminded that as 2023 rolls on, there's going to be hard days, there's going to be tough moments, there's going to be things that happen that are unexpected. But we need to put our firm trust, we need to put our flag in the ground and stand strong with following Jesus as our first priority and his our main our identity. We need him. We need to stand on it. I also think about the fact that we often make resolutions that are spiritual ones. And they're good ones. Often maybe it be a Bible reading plan. Maybe you're choosing to do that. I would encourage you to, to find a plan of reading the Bible this year. Maybe it's, it's strengthening your prayer life. Maybe it's that I want to attend church more often than I have been in 2022, that I want to be here more often. We make those spiritual goals. We, we set those resolutions just like we would with health or anything else. I, I encourage you to be diligent in those things and to build up your faith and, and make those things a priority. But what I would say is it's not just about checking off a list of things to do. What I want us to be challenged to do in 2023 is to make Christ our first priority and our made identity. So it flows out through all of our life and everything we're doing. So we're having a good day, we're having a bad day, whether things, things that are being offered to us are good or bad or whatever is happening, whatever happened on that day and that moment that we still have that flag planted so that we are rock solid in our relationship with Jesus. I want us to be like John the Baptist and be able to easily with clarity answer to people I stand for Jesus and this is who he is and this is what he can offer you as well. So we, can, we can do that very clearly. That should be our purpose in our life. Our purpose is to follow Jesus and to make him our first priority. That's, that's our goal for this, this coming year. So I want to finish this passage. If you would follow along with me, we're going to be in verses uh, starting in verse 29. So if you follow along with me in verse 29. But he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. One of my all-time favorite Christmas albums is Andrew Peterson's Behold the Lamb of God and a very powerful Christmas album that goes from basically from the beginning of the Old Testament and works through all the way to the coming of the birth. Of Jesus he finishes that album with the song called behold the Lamb of God and in that song he talks about this story that we're reading here from John the Baptist just some really powerful words I'd like to just read the the chorus to you um, this is from the chorus of behold the Lamb of God by Andrew Peterson It says behold the Lamb of God who takes away our sin behold the Lamb of God the life and light of men behold the Lamb of God who died and rose again behold the Lamb of God who comes to take away our sin. Powerful words and reminder, just coming straight from Scripture, what we just read. Seeing here that Jesus has arrived. The next day, it just says, the next day after he had all those, answered all those questions and talked to the, the priests and the Levites, the very next day, Jesus comes towards him. And, and what is, what's John's response? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So I want you to see there, the first part of what he says he says there, behold the Lamb of God. The first word is so important, behold. He's telling the people, stop and see who this is. This is the one that I was telling you about. Look, he's like waving his arms, like, look, right here, this is the one. Behold. Stand in awe of him. That's, that's what we're being called to by John here. He's telling them, stop and witness the greatness of the Messiah that we have been waiting for. And then it says, Behold the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God part is a reference to the idea of the sacrificial system of the Old Testament where they would bring the unblemished lamb to be sacrificed. And so what he is making reference to is that, he, that this, uh, he's saying behold and he's saying the Lamb of God who is the one, he's come on a mission to be the ultimate and final sacrifice, right? Because they were making sacrifices all the time through the year to, for their sins, but this is the ultimate sacrifice that has come. So he says that's where the Lamb of God part is coming from. And then it says that he'll take away the sin of the world. Have our hearts gotten so jaded and so hardened that we have forgotten the beauty in the Lamb of God who has come to take away our sins? How grateful and how... Standing in awe we should be right now in this moment for what Jesus has done for us. He has come on a mission and John is saying, here he is, he's arrived, he's, look, he's here. In verse 30, he refers to the idea of what he said before that this is the man I was telling you about after me comes the man who ranks before me because he was before me. And then in verse 31, I myself did not know him. And that one kind of confuses people sometimes when they read that because it's like, why is he saying he doesn't know Jesus? That's his cousin. He should know him, right? I'm sure they spent time together. What I think is happening here, what I've read with scholars too, a lot of them say this, is they think that it, he's referring to the fact that uh, John did not know Jesus as the Messiah, like as fully as who he was as God and the Messiah. That's what that's what he's referring to. He's not referring to the fact that he didn't know John Jesus at all. He's just saying he didn't know him for the purpose that he had come to do and so he says in verse at the end of the verse but for this purpose i came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to israel so now he johns understand the fullness of who his cousin is who jesus is that's what's happening here but what i want you to see here is it mentions a couple times verse 32 and in verse 34 it mentions the fact that he bore witness So at first, he bore witness about the fact that the Spirit descended on him, and then in verse 34, he bore witness that he is the Son of God. Again, over and over again in this passage, what do we see? That John is bearing witness about who Jesus is. He's making Jesus the focal point. He's making Jesus the person that we need to make our identity and put our identity in. This is a sign of who the Messiah is, that we know that he's here, that the Spirit descended on him. And that he has come to be the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And so John keeps the onus and the priority on who Jesus is. And that's what I want us to do in this year. I want you to make Jesus the first priority of your life. Whatever it is that you're doing, keep pushing people towards understanding who Jesus is through your life. They should see it clearly. Clearly through the words you say, the actions you do, the choices that you make, they should clearly see Jesus in you. You should be bearing witness and have a testimony of who Jesus is just by the way you live. So I don't know what you're struggling with in your life right now. I don't know what's, going, what's been difficult for you in 2022 that might hinder you from being able to make Jesus your top priority in your identity in your life. But let us take the example of John this morning. Let's take it to heart. Let's live it out. Let's be like him. Let people, I want, I want people to ask every single person in this room this year, why are you different? Who are you? Why, why do you do these things? So that you can clearly give them the answer about who Jesus is and what he's done for your life and what he can do for their life. So whatever it is that might be distracting you and what may distract you as this year comes about, let us stake our flag in the fact that Jesus should be our First priority, let us be able to say clearly when somebody asks us about who we are that we direct them towards the Lamb of God and that they will stand in awe of him just as we have in our lives. Let us, let us not st- stop standing in awe of, of, of Jesus. I, I think easy, it could be easy for us to get kind of jaded and kinda, it kind of gets comfortable and we kind of forget about how much beauty there is in what Jesus has done for us as the Lamb of God. Let us stand in confidence today in the fact that we have a Messiah, we have a Savior, we have a Redeemer that loves us, has shown us much grace, and will continue to do so in this year, 2023. I hope that we as a church and I hope that we as individual Christians will stake our flag in Jesus as our first identity, just as John the Baptist gives us this example in our passage today. So let us not just leave this here this morning. Let us take this message to the world around us let us live it out let us share it when get, when the lord gives us opportunities to share our faith with people and let's make sure that we make it all about him it's all about jesus he is first he is preeminent he is best he shows us the grace even when we fail we need jesus and other people need jesus so let's make it our first priority in our our identity in 2023 you pray with me Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to stand before you in awe right now. Lord, we just want to behold you as the Lamb of God who takes away our sin. Lord, we don't deserve it. We cannot earn it. But we need it. We trust in you. We believe in you. And Lord, I pray that there are going to be many distractions. There's going to be many struggles that are going to come in 2023 for each of us. Lord, many things that may be unexpected, many things we don't know yet. But we do know one thing is that you're always there with us and we can stake our identity in that. There's nothing else in this world that we can put our identity in, that we can put our trust in, that we know that will be there 100% of the time. So we need you, Lord, and we want to put our identity in you in this year in a a deeper way. And Lord, I pray that we will challenge and encourage one another in, in this church body to do so. And Lord, I, I pray this morning as we, um, as we sing songs of response to this, as we fellowship with one another after the service, as we go from here, Lord, I pray that we'll be able to with clarity answer the question, who am I? And that we make it not about ourselves and not trying to be an image and have an identity that we do not really have, but put it in trust and, and show everybody that it's in you, Lord. Our identity is clearly and firmly in you. Lord, we're so grateful for the many blessings that you give us, but we are most thankful for the fact that you have died on the cross and rose on the third day so we could be saved from our sins and be given eternal life. Help us never to take that for granted. Help us never to forget and see the beauty in what you've done for us. Lord, I'm so grateful that we have an opportunity to week after week share the gospel in this church, and I pray, Lord, that we will never lose that gospel message as individual Christians and as, as a church here, that we will keep the gospel in front of our eyes and the eyes of the people in the world around us. Thank you so much for this new year, this new beginnings. And just as Jesus started his ministry here, as John the Baptist prepared the way for him, Lord, help us to have the desire to prepare the way for when you will return again. Thank you for the opportunity to dig into your word this morning. I pray that it will... Uh, yield great fruit in our hearts. We pray all this in your great and gracious name. Amen.